This week's episode of Goat Gab finishes up our discussion of planning for the Agda National Show or other large shows you may be planning to attend. The countdown to nationals is on. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Goat Gab. We're really happy to be with you here again. Um, my name is Laura, and as always, I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Cameron. And as always, I am Cameron. And we are tickled to continue um, our discussion about national show. Before we jump into that, Cameron, you've had a busy weekend and a hot weekend at that. Oh, I wouldn't say it was that bad. I mean, it was like a perfect goat show weather. Um, really nice, really less like mild temperatures. It rained though on Saturday. So I was loading the goats in the morning in the rain. I went to a goat show, a county fair. Um, and you know, it's not fun to load goats in the rain and the goats don't really want to go as well. No, I mean, you know, I, not to slam our Nubian friends here, but I've found that Alpines are a little nicer about rain than what Nubians ever were. <laughs> well, your Alpines are probably used to it by now with all the rain in Missouri. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, though their gills have, have, a. Uh, closed now and i don't have very many with frog feet anymore but um yeah that's not fun that's not fun to load in the rain no it's not um you know we took a light showstring 36 is what we say is light these days um enough to make sure it kind of everybody was sanctioned and everything and we could maximize our premium dollar as well because it was a payback show so i think that's really important if you have the numbers at a payback show and you can kind of maximize your premium and kind of know what's going that's that's important. So let me understand you in Illinois, you guys have county fairs that actually a have a sanctioned show and b pay good money for it. I wouldn't say good money, but there's money. Um, so uh, this one, for example, I think we made like two hundred dollars. So we get, recouped our entry fee and then made two hundred dollars on top of it, which is great. I mean, super great. Um, my biggest thing is I want to bring and try to maximize the amount. So they'll continue to sanction the goat show every year. Um, because if they see items in their budget that aren't, aren't being used appropriately, they will allocate those resources on a county fair level to different things that will more likely use the money. I think that that is a good mindset to have. Anytime you look at, uh, either a county or a state sponsored show, you know, some state fairs have a terrible time trying to keep the numbers up and, and I, you know, when my, when my daughters have thought about, well, we could go to this state fair instead of Missouri, because frankly, as much as I love going to the Missouri state fair, the payback is horrible. I'm always like, you know, I want there to be dairy goats at our state fair here. So we just need to keep supporting it. So I hope everybody kind of has that mindset when it comes to state fairs. Well, I think it's that and it's important to support your local goat shows. Otherwise you won't have local goat shows if you don't support them. Were the numbers down this year on our local goat show? Yes, they were. Um, but the um, biggest thing is that um, we at least put our best foot forward. We were there to represent, and um, we we found some success as well. So, also, it was the last time before the nationals, which we'll talk about, that we could utter our goats up. Well, very good. Did you see some animals, that, or did you, did you utter up some does that you hadn't had a chance to see yet? Yes, just one, and she did not make as much milk as I thought she would. So, so yeah, it gives us a better idea of having either uttering up once or twice. 
like there was no we uttered up that hadn't been uttered up since May. So I think it I think it was really good to see um, again get that good stretch on him. I gave him excuse to get a stretch on him. Two, the show wasn't very far away either, so the girls weren't super stressed. They were actually, I think, very excited to get to their pens because one, they weren't traveling, and two, they got brand new hay. So, isn't it fun to see them act like it's almost Christmas when they get into a pen? They're like, "Oh wow, this is great!" Yeah, they're like, "I love life now." All of a sudden, they get off the trailer and they're like, "Oh my god, you're taking care of me for once." They think that. I love it when we get that first the the first of the new year's hay and and you can almost hear them humming with contentment when they're eating it. Oh it's yeah. Like, oh, that's a happy sound. You my know, my favorite thing at a goat show is to go and when you put that first flake in and they just take a huge hunk out of it. Like that is one of uh-huh. my favorite things to see because it means like they're bouncing back, they're going to get back to normal. I love it. Yeah, no, I I agree. Well, I I was kind of happy not to be at a show this weekend because four weeks in a row is that's a lot on the girls and when you have a tiny herd like I do you take all of them and it they they get tired out um it's been fun to see my milk production increase as we've been home this week as it's not been raining as you know, we've really put a big effort into extra hay and and some you know feed, feeding supplements that we don't always use, but I've seen how that, that has increased my milk production as well. So, and we'll talk about that later too, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been kind of nice to have the girls at home though. I'm like, gosh, I just, I'm kind of looking for another show. So ah, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll talk the, about that a little bit. <laughs> I think the bug bites you. You're like, oh man, I'm kind of sad. I'm not at a goat show this weekend. And then you're like, oh wait, that's a lot of work to go to a goat show. <laughs> And it's a lot of money too. Yeah. I mean, even, even when you take a small number of animals, like I do compared to you, you know, the, the entry fees of course expand exponentially depending on the animals you take. But I would argue that the, the fixed costs of going the gasoline, um, the, the food, all of those other things that gets that adds up it gets pretty oh, yeah. dang pricey absolutely i mean thinking about it in terms of nationals i mean crap man you guys are going eight hours and if gas is hypothetically 325 i mean that's not cheap and you don't get the best gas no. mileage pulling a trailer not at all no you sure don't <laughs> we get a we get a solid 12 miles per gallon so well you have a beautiful huge gooseneck that you're pulling i mean i i've got a a bumper trailer, a bumper hitch trailer. It's not a low profile. So, you know, I've got the wind resistance on that, but I'm, I run around 14 to 16. So, you know, it's, it, yeah, you got to consider that too. when mm-hmm. when you're thinking about shows, so, so in some ways it's been nice to be home. Um, as Cameron knows, we had the great pleasure in Missouri this weekend to have Cameron's dad, Dr. Ed come and teach um, a pre-training conference. So that was just, that was just an amazingly delightful, awesome day yesterday. Um, we had about 25, 26 people who came to that and everybody, uh, it was just fun to hang out and talk goats and learn about goats and uh, see people that you don't get to see very often. We had people from all over the state that came and it was great. We had a really awesome day. That's what I heard. That's what Dr. Ed had said to me here. 
Um, he really liked it as well as there were there were goats there. And most importantly, not only that there were goats, but there were things to talk about with the goats as well. Because when you uh, and if you've ever been to a TC or pre TC, sometimes animals from the same herd tend to look alike. So there was lots of things to talk about. So he really appreciated that. And then the people were really good as well. And then just lots of different learning opportunities he had. Um, there with the animals so he was very impressed to have four classes so if you're planning to have a pre-tc plan to have a lot of live animal classes because that is the best way to see things it was really neat to watch people their thought processes and um you know we had a, a young lady who's i mean years away from being old enough to be a judge but she was the first one who popped up and said, yeah, I'll give a try at giving reasons. And that takes a lot of guts. So Carly Krause, you did an awesome job on that. It's, it, it is a little intimidating to give reasons in front of a group of people, especially if you're, if you haven't had the experience of being a judge or you don't judge a lot, uh, you're really putting yourself out there for people to listen to you. And, and it, your, your dad made it a pain-free and learning experience for everybody. And it was just, if you haven't had the chance to do a pre-training conference, I would definitely recommend doing that. Even if you don't want to become a judge, it's a great way to really delve into shows and the, and the scorecard and to kind of see through the eyes of a judge of what you're, what you're looking for. And if you have some really, uh, if you have some thick skin, I would say bring your goats to a TC or a pre-training conference as well, because you will have them totally destroyed and picked apart and you will learn so much about them. You know, I didn't really feel like that anybody was mean with the animals. I mean, yes, you know, of course you're, you're pointing out where ones are better than the other, but I, I kind of think with dairy goats, that whole uh, comparative versus descriptive and um, being positive in those comparative terms rather than negative in them softens the blow a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So anyway, that was, that's what we did yesterday. We had good food and, and a lot of people contributed to just make it a really fun day. So I'm glad, I'm glad your dad was able to do that. Yeah. yeah well, I'm glad you had a great weekend and I'm glad it was filled with goats as well here, but let's think about our next show. Don't you think? Yes. Let's think about our next big show. Yes, it is the national show. Um, we had talked about getting the CVI, right? We kind of stopped off there. Let's talk about a little bit more of the prep work, Laura, here. Uh, we talked about kind of the CVI, trailering the animals, thinking about that. Um, I think going back to beyond the ring and listening to that one episode, if it's going to be really hot out, we, and I know we had learned about this in beyond the ring when we listened to it, cooling devices in the trailer. I found this just so fascinating, Laura. Yeah, if you don't listen to Beyond the Ring, it's not a dairy or dairy goat podcast at all. But uh, it's two guys who have a lot of experience with livestock shows, and that's what they focus on. But I've learned a lot of things by listening to them. And uh, they they were talking a lot about uh, beating the heat in trailing your animals and traveling and, and really emphasize the fact that heat stress is a huge determinant on how well your animals will do once you get to the show. So I learned a lot and it made me think, okay, what kind of a setup do I have in my trailer? Do I, for example, when I pack things, am I blocking ventilation that, that should help keep my animals cool on the road? Or what order do I want to pack my trailer in to maximize coolness? What hours do I want to travel? So um, yeah, I think that's a good thing 
a good area to start with, Cameron. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the mister systems they talked about that they had set up, if you have room in your trailer and can look into doing something like that, that would be really cool if you're traveling from a long distance away. Um, or just type of fans. They talked about generators um, in the back of their trucks that were hooked to the, the fans that were in their trailer. I was like, okay, that's a unique idea as well. I don't know how it would work in... in I, I know how it would work in my ma- my mind, but I'm not sure how it would work in, in real life. But um, I, I think it'd be interesting to see. So along with that, uh, when they were talking about systems in your in your trailer, I got to thinking about uh, camera systems. Obviously, that's not going to help with cooling. But um, I was thinking maybe being able to see what my animals, how they're acting, what they're looking like might be a good thing too because you can see if somebody's really stressed and maybe you need to stop and cool them off or or ideas like that um and so on facebook i had asked the question about camera systems and that's been kind of interesting some people think that it's a great idea some people have camera systems into their trailer and other people are like you know just load the goats and put the pedal to the metal and get there as fast as you can because there's nothing you can really do about it so um have you ever considered having a trailer camera camera no not really i don't i don't think i'd want to watch my alpines just beat up on everybody um i've never really thought about it here <laughs> um because again i'm one of those guys that's usually pedal to the metal um yeah, so um, I am getting text messages, though, from Catherine. She's in the room here. She did say that there's a, a, a very significant um, goat breeder, very large goat breeder on the national level, um, that stop and give ice water buckets every couple hours to their goats. You know, I kind of thought about that. I have a, a freezer, a, a chest freezer that doesn't have anything in it right now. I'm I'm between um, filling it up. And I thought, you know, I could take some five-gallon buckets. And if I filled them halfway full with water, then I could put that in the trailer. And as the water melted, the goats could lick on that or eat it. Or, you know, for me, it's an eight hour trip. So it probably would probably last a good chunk of that time. I don't know. I've never tried that, though. Yeah, I would. I would like to try that as well. But I mean, I'm six hours and I'm probably going to leave at the butt crack of dawn, probably in order to boogie boogie woogie on over there um i think that i think what our plan is uh, i think we're going to leave about nine o'clock at night mm-hmm. and um because i still have a youth exhibitor so um you know if you've got if you have a youth with you pay attention to the entry times because they need to be there earlier than the rest than um adult exhibitors do so uh, we want to make sure that we get there in plenty of time and and for me knowing the ventilation that I have in my trailer, which isn't great. Um, and the fact that it, it will be a full trailer when I go, we just figure that driving overnight is going to be kinder to the animals. Yeah. How much, I guess you're bringing 10, you're bringing, let's just say you're bringing 10 animals hypothetically. Mm-hmm. And let's just say hypothetically, I'm bringing 40 animals hypothetically. I mean, two very different extremes. Right. H- how much hay and straw and feed are you bringing? Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I haven't figured that out yet. Typically, uh, historically the national show committee or the, the host group has provided first bedding and they're not doing that this year. So, um, I'm going to sit down actually today, make my entries, figure out how many, uh, pins 
that I'm going to need and try to figure out what I need as far, far as straw and shavings go. Um, I, I haven't figured that out yet. Are you taking all of your, all of your bedding, Cameron, or are you going to try to buy some when you get there? I don't know. I hadn't heard that they weren't doing first bedding this year. Do you have a source that I don't I, have? Um, I really thought that that came out. So I will, I will confirm that okay. and um, post that on our um, Facebook page when I have the confirmation on that. But I okay. think that's what I read. Cause anyone, I remember thinking, Ooh, let, well, hold, let me, let me ask a national show committee member right now. while we're, while we're talking about it and then we'll see, <laughs> I'll update you later on in the episode because th- this is a very important question because I am curious because I need to decide this um, for my goats because that totally changes my trailer packing plans. Yeah. So even thinking about beyond betting, how much hay you need to take, are you going to try to purchase it there? You know, some for, for some years at national shows, it's dependent on where the national show is. Kentucky, you would think typically has good hay, right? The bluegrass state and all of that. So um, I haven't seen a posting yet about our hay and straw vendor for the national show. But when they post that, it's always a good idea to get in touch with them and ask them what they have. Usually they'll tell you what the um, relative feed value is or the protein percentage or, or whatever. So you can make a decision if it's a good, if it's good or not. So, yeah, I agree on that. I think my, my advice would be bring all of your own feed. Like that is one thing because I know for my prima donna gals is that you cannot get the same type of quality or same type of expectation for those prima donnas that my feed vendor, my feed at home will give. And I don't think feed takes up as much room in the trailer as hay and straw does. Right. No, I agree. Now I will say for for me, we feed Purina feeds and typically at national shows, that's the feed that they've carried. So if I'm short on room, which a lot of times I am, I may not bring so much feed knowing that I can get it at national show and it is the same brand. But if you have a custom mix, like I know you do, Cameron, uh, definitely don't count on buying feed once you get there. Cause that, that definitely could cause some problems with your goats. My source says they don't think so, but they're going to check. So hopefully he'll update me um, in this episode as well here. Thank you to my source. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> but uh, from my, from my 40 goats, I will roughly going to take about 30 ish bales of hay and then 10 to 15 bales of straw. Right. I, I learned at the last show and Lord knows I've should have learned this a long time before. Actually, I kind of, my gut feeling said I wasn't bringing enough hay, but anyway, listen to your gut. Always take more hay than what you think you're going to need. Mm hmm. It's better to have extra hay than to not have enough. Um, Catherine's going to send me a screenshot right now of the vendor prices because they, she seems like they're very high. She's, she's yelling at me across the room. So vendor prices for feed and hay and straw at the nationals. And is that on the national show website? Uh, I think so. I think, where did you find that? On the website. It's on the National Show website. She just sent me the screenshot here. Um, okay, salt blocks are pretty cheap. Rolled oats are 50, do- 50 pounds for $25. That's okay. Straw is $8 a bale. Um, bale. 
Alpha Alpha slash Mixed Grass, 11 and a half. Timothy slash Mixed Grass, 11. Three String Western is $32. Ooh. Crack Corn is uh, 40, 40 pounds is $12. Uh, shavings are $8.50. So even though those prices are high, that hits me as being pretty typical for national shows. Yeah. They, they do tend to gouge you for gouge your wallet at the national show for it there. And, you know, uh, according to Catherine, they paid $8 for alfalfa at Columbus. So maybe they are a little high. Ooh. Okay. Well, so, um, I also know around here, sometimes ba- hay, um, alfalfa hay is $8 a bale. So, okay. I, yeah. I think it depends on where you're from too. That's true. Yeah. You're very, you're very um, right there. So definitely as you're packing, think about how much you've got. Think about, you know, weighing the benefits between hauling hay and not, I don't have room to haul. So Mm -hmm. I I will be paying that money, but you know, to me it's cheaper to, to buy it there than it is to um, have to rent a bigger trailer or a bigger truck or something like that. So absolutely. So just, Really consider that uh, approximately how much hay. Okay, do you think about are you going to bring 10 bales, 20 bales, 15 bales for 10 goats? Obviously, it's different if you have Nigerians as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, for 10 goats, for, and I'm, we're not going to stay for the whole week. So we're going to be leaving on Wednesday, I'm thinking. Alpines get done showing Tuesday. So for 10 goats, I'll probably bring six probably six to eight bales again because i don't want to run out so gotcha and these are small bales so gotcha okay yeah. okay well that's good that's good to know i guess just as a baseline there for people there um what else in the prep work so hey you got your hay you've got your straw figured out um okay uh the source has confirmed that you must purchase the straw they are not provided Okay. So yeah, I thought I had read that. So yeah. So just don't count that when you get there and you're sitting in your pen is a nice bale of shavings or a nice bale of straw. That's kind of sad. I really liked, I really liked that. Yeah, I did too. Let's, Hey Cameron, let's talk a little bit about betting those pins while we're on that topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know different people have different methods and different products that they use that I think could be um, really helpful for folks to, to kind of learn about and talk about. So what is your process for doing that? Yeah, I'm a straight straw guy. Always have been. I feel like I always will be. Um, I, Cause we generally tend to clean the pens out at the national show after we wash the goats. However, this year will be a little different because we're showing at the beginning of the week. So why would we, if we're moving goats in Friday, um, cause we're going to do some, we're doing some volunteering and working on the national show level. Um, and then we will um, uh, we'll clean them out after we we'll either clean them out as we're bathing them or right before. So they'll have like a fresh pen after they're bathed. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. So then how often, let's say we were going to stay for the whole week. And I think you guys are right. You'll yes. Be there that, is, that is the plan. As of right now, I have a special shout out when we get to that at some point. So um, how often do you clean the pens during the week or do you just kind of play it by ear? Um, we'll only clean the pens once and that'll be, that'll be after that bath and then we'll just bed down. Okay. All right. 
So I know some people will put down a layer of shavings and yep. then straw on top of it, saying yep. that that helps with the absorbency. Yes. So Catherine, Catherine does that. She's texting me right now because she doesn't want to come on the microphone. Um, she um, she puts down that layer of shavings first and then straw on top, and it helps absorb the urine and keeps the ammonia down. Which, for those who haven't shown at the Kentucky Expo Center, ammonia, especially as you get to the end of the week, does get to be a big issue. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I totally agree. And that's been there in the past. And it, it, it is a problem. Yeah, it gets pretty strong. I also know some people will buy that. It's a pelleted, um, uh, a pelleted product made for horse stalls that you can put down also that helps with the ammonia smell. I've not ever used it. Is that something that you've ever tried, Cameron? No, I've never used it either. That would be interesting. Yeah, I've, I've seen it at my local Orschlands here, at, which is a farm supply store. I don't think they're all over the country. So um, it might be something that I consider using also. But uh, I think suffice it to say, keeping your pins as clean as possible and bedded as comfortable as possible is really important. Yeah, Catherine recommends that you because you should lice. This is her kind of thought process. One, lice all the pens first, always. So that again, get rid of any type of disinfect or any type of um, things in there. Um, and then secondly, you can put down a sweet PDZ also in your pens, which is an ammonia reducer under everything. That's what I'm thinking of. That's sweet the PDZ. name of the stuff. Okay. Yes. Okay. Huh. Okay. So that's. So, and then, then she would put shavings on top of that sweet PDZ and then straw on top of that. Yes, correct. Interesting. Okay. So, um, yeah. So back to the pens again, one of the things, so as I've mentioned before, um, when I've gotten back into goats, the 2010 national show was the first one that I went to and it was in Louisville. And so I got there and I thought, okay, I think I took like five goats to that show. Not very many. And, um, we just wanted to go for the experience and we got there and I ordered a pen for the milking does and a pen for the dry does <laughs> and um, realized that people who have shown at that show, they've got it down to an art and they had taken like gates out of pens. So they have these big labyrinth looking um, groups of pens where the goats like lounged out and they'd lay on their side and do the dead goat nap thing and look totally comfortable. And um, then they'd have little alcoves where the, the goats that get beat up by the mean girls had a nice place to lounge too. And, and I thought, okay, the next time I go, I'm going to know how to do this like a pro. So I wanted to pass on to you all. Um, the pins I think are anywhere between six foot by six foot and seven foot by seven foot, kind of depending on which pins they bring out and you can't request. I think they just assign them to you as they assign them, but just know that you can take gates and, and bars out so that you can make great big pins. Yeah, so so we'll do that with like our kid pen. We also will bring a fence, so like a panel, um, or not really like a panel, but like a wood fence, because that's how we will feed kids. So we like to use our pan system to feed kids, and we'll use that so we can attach the pan there. So really be smart and think about how your home setup is and what you could potentially do in order to make it a little easier 
um, basically to do things normally you would at home. Right. And that's a great thing to bring up, Cameron, <coughs> excuse me, about feeders. So you all should know that the, the pins that they have at the Kentucky Expo Center are vertical bar pins. There's not crossbars on them. So if you're like me and you have feeders that you hang on a cattle panel or on a wooden, a wooden panel fence, like what Cameron's talking about, those will not work well. Um, there and you have to come up with some ways to kind of uh, fix it so that you can hang that feeder on your fence. Yep. Yep. I agree on that there. I think that's really important. And I, I think you want to just try to be as most normal as possible there. Also, I think in terms of pens, um, one thing you can consider is you can request who you will like to be penned next to. So for example, I kind of like Catherine. And Catherine's goats might be traveling with me. So we might say, hey, we request to be penned next to each other. So be notice of that as well. But don't say, I have to be penned in a special corner, you know, or, or whatever. Try to try to keep it the request pretty reasonable. And I think, too, it's good to keep in mind, I believe they said that if you are requesting an early release, you're going to be in a different part of the barn than those who are going to stay the whole week, which makes lots of sense. Yep. Um, a little dis, little less disruptive if, if you're moving in and out from a different area of the barn. So um, as you're thinking about biosecurity, if there are people that you show with on a regular basis or your animals live in the same locale or you attend the same shows, you might think about if those wouldn't be a safer pen mate to be pinned next to, just thinking about bugs that can be shared, even though you try to be as careful as you can to keep your animals apart from other people's animals, but Hey, things are airborne too. So if you can use that, keep that in mind too, when you're requesting your pen, your pen assignments, that makes sense also. Yeah. A lot of people will like bring, um, because the bars are vertical and sometimes there are escapees, they will bring, um, like the, what's that word? Like the, Snow fence, that's what it is, the snow fence technology, um, and put it around their pens so their goats don't get out through those vertical bars, especially the Nigerians. Right. But, you know, even if you have small, if you have small Swiss breed kids, I've had them <laughs> either get all the way out or get through to their hip bones and then they're yeah. kind of stuck. <laughs> so they don't like that. <laughs> yes. They look stupid and then the other goats beat on them and it's not good. So, yeah. um, you know, you might think about that too. In addition to snow fence, which if you use snow fence, you got to keep in mind, goats like to climb on it. So make sure you have a good way to secure it. Otherwise it becomes torn up and it's an expensive thing to have to keep yep. replacing. Um, something else that I've used before is the plastic lattice work that you can get at Lowe's mm -hmm. or Walmart or any place that has garden supply that some people put that on the bottom of like a trailer home or um, it is just crisscross looking it's easy to cut to size. You can buy it in big sheets and take it to the show and cut it how you want it. Um, but they can't, I mean, if they climb on it, it's not going to scrunch down and break and it's pretty easy to just zip tie. So you can use that also. Yeah. I think there's lots of different things you can do. Just, just, just remember that, you know, you might have to think a little outside the box. And if you've never been there again, feel free to reach out to Laura or myself and we, we can talk about it. I mean, we can, we know kind of know our experience there. I think I, how many times have you shown there, Laura? Uh, three. So yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's one of my favorite facilities to go to. I mean, it's 
you know, I think it's a nice, nice facility to show at. Yep. Um, something else back on the hanging the feeders thing. If you don't have nice wooden gates to take, or, um, you know, maybe a piece of cattle panel or, um, you know, something that you can hang your feeders on. I'm going to put a plug out for John's fabrication. I think they're in Wisconsin. Yep. They have created these really cool brackets in the best way that I can explain it. It looks like a wreath holder that you would put over, over your door, like to hang a wreath on your front door, but they're stronger because those are flimsy metal, but they've made these with different um, lengths of drop. And the idea is that you hang those over the top of your pin. You buy a two by four piece of wood and hang between two of them. And then you can hang your feeder on that. Yep. So those work great. So if you're good at, if you're good at metal work, you could probably figure that out yourself. But if you're not contact John's fabrication and he can get you fixed up because they're pretty cool. Yep. I do like John. John does phenomenal work as well. And I would highly recommend him um, for anything there. So, um, okay. So go ahead. We bought a, an aluminum stand from him that is an engineering work of art. It's really awesome. So it's, they do a good job. Yep. Don't forget as well when you're making those pens, plan for tack pens or sleeping pens. Um, but be prepared for those to potentially be reduced based on the number of goats as well. Yeah, I think Louisville's pretty – they have a lot of pens, and and I'm not sure it's going to be a huge national show this year. But, uh, yeah, they – they always tell you that those could be reduced, but uh, remember too, it's in the, it's in the rules at the national show that your bedding has to be put up at seven o'clock. So if you think, Oh, I won't, I won't get a tack pin. I'll just put my, uh, or I don't need a bunch of tack pins. I'll just uh, put my cots up in the aisle. You know, you might check and make sure that that's legal, but also know you need to have your butt out of bed at seven o'clock and cleaned up in the morning. Cause that's in the rules. So. Yep, for those of us that are late nighters at the in the barn. <laughs> That's right. You have to bring your zero gravity chair so you can take a nap during the day. Yes, my na- I, I do need a nap chair. Yes, there. Um, electrical equipment. So again, this list looks very different than than other shows potentially at the Kentucky Expo Center, and also other shows you might be familiar with because you can't have no no non essential electrical items um, that can be used. So these include like microwaves, refrigerators electric coolers, coffee pots, popcorn poppers. Yes, popcorn poppers and toaster ovens. Yeah. And my husband would say the coffee pot should be considered an essential piece (laughs) of equipment, electrical equipment, but sadly it is not. So, um, and whether or not you think that's a dumb rule or not, just keep in mind, people have been kicked out of national shows for, um, not following those rules. So we don't want anybody to run into that case. Just play by the rules. Doesn't matter if you think they're dumb or not. I think, I think a lot of rules are dumb. Rules. I think a lot of rules are dumb, but again, um, yeah, don't forget as well. Um, there are rules about fans, um, but th- that was weirded kind of weird. Did you read that wording, Laura? I did. So yes, because in the past, we've always taken fans to this expo center. I know that the concern is, is about COVID and airborne illnesses and things like that, but the rules said that you can use fans until they turn the AC on Saturday night. So that kind of leads me to believe that for those of you that are getting there on Friday, and then those of us that are going to try to be there at seven o'clock Saturday morning, 
I hope it's not hotter than Hades outside because it doesn't sound like they're going to turn the air on until that night. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll be probably kicking it in my Airbnb for a while then if the if the climate control isn't on. Yeah, that's that just sounds a little whoo. Okay. Yeah. So just remember that. Pasteurizers. Well. Yep, pasteurizers. You can take a pasteurizer. Yes, I do need that. Um, uh, you're not you're not supposed to cook food in them. Um, you know, normally you're not supposed to cook food in them, but that's not to say I haven't cooked like ground beef before in them. Not on a national show, but you can. You're not supposed to use them to cook food. Are you serious? Oh you yeah, ground beef. Oh pasteurizer? yeah. How do you think we had tacos? <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> Okay. Interesting. Fun. Hey, on that note, do you know, will they let you grill in the parking lot? I'm not 100% sure on that. I feel like in the camping area they would because I did get invited to someone's birthday party um, that they're having in the camping section. So I don't know. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Laptops, phone chargers, those things are fine. So, oh, yeah. you know, you can have that kind of equipment. How, yeah, definitely the, the laptops if you're going to be watching, um, you know, when you're back at your pens. And I really like that as well if you're um, – so say you are not really around the ring, um, but you're prepping goats. You can kind of watch from the from literally your pens and kind of see where they are in a class on how soon they need to get the animals up there. Right. But also remember, though, internet access at the Kentucky oh, Expo yeah. Center is – Fourteen ninety nine oh, a day. Yeah, that's so. Ugh. Tether, tether to your phone <laughs> if you've got plenty of data. Um, because that's man, that is an ex- that is expensive. Yeah, they're gonna get you on. They're gonna gouge you on that like the feed vendor is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Just so, keep that. In mind. Yep. Also here, remember that in the show ring, there is a certain dress code. Um, there, you do require a mask. So that's that's the big thing there. You do require a mask. Again, that's for close contact with judges, um, people. There's no way to social distance in a ring. If you've been to a goat show this year, you understand that. Right. And, you know, I, I would think that a cute lo- lo- herd logo or um, – you know, something tasteful on your mask is fine. I've seen a lot of cute masks with things, you know, a smile painted on them or yeah, I, I love that. But, you know, let's keep, let's keep it PG folks and, mm. and be kind. Just so remember you'll be on camera not, too. That's right. And, you know, you want to put your best foot forward and honestly, you want to put the best foot forward for the dairy goat community in general. So, you know, keep it, keep it nice. You're, you're not allowed to wear a face shield if, yep. if that's something that you typically want to wear. It, it does need to be a mask and it does need to cover your face and your nose, mm-hmm. your mouth and your nose. Yep. This isn't like your normal club show. Again, you do have to have the clean white shirt, um, you know, where I'm potentially, uh, I don't know if I'll have time or not, but I'm potentially looking at getting some new clean white shirts. Um, you know, they can be your herd logo. They can be just a white shirt. They can be the the ones from previous national shows. As long as it's white, that's fine. And then white pants are preferred skirt. If you are a girl, I guess, I guess you could wear a white kilt. Um, I, that's not my prerogative or that's, that's y'all's prerogative. <laughs> um, and then you can have the farm logo on it. And I do encourage you to have the farm logo on it because this is advertising. People want to know that you're showing 
representing your herd in the show ring because they don't know in the book sometimes, you know, maybe they're ringside and they got the book and they're trying to figure out who has which goat, but they say, Hey, you know, this is Taylor Ridge farms on the logo. So they'll be able to identify in the book. Okay. This person's showing a Taylor Ridge farm goat and then make that note. They go back to the pens and be like, Hey, I want to order a buck. Right. And even though everybody should have the number on them so that they can look it up in the, in the show book, sometimes those numbers are hard to, it's hard to see. And, and if you see somebody and say, Ooh, I really liked that Sungal Pleasant Grove doe. Who is that? Even if you can't see that number, I'm sure that you could contact Craig and say, Hey, Craig, who did you have in the four-year-old class? That was a Sungal. Yeah. And, and you know, he could go on like that. So um, I, I, I am a big plug for shirts that have a tasteful logo. Taste, on it. Tasteful. That's the important tasteful, thing. Right. That's the important thing. <laughs> I do want to bring out a rule that, frankly, Cameron, I don't remember seeing. I know I didn't see this in the past, so I think this is a change for this year. When I was looking over the national show embedded youth show rules, okay. if, if you are showing, if your child, if you are a youth and you are showing a doe in the embedded youth show class, you have to have a plain white shirt on. You cannot have your farm logo on that. that shirt. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's, this is coming straight from the hip right now because it's the first time I've heard of it. I'm proud. I, I'm a youth and I'm proud of my herd. And I want people on the national stage to know that, that this is my animal. That's a silly rule. That that completely, that you lose all of this PR, this free advertising you get um, when you don't do that. I think that's dumb. Well, I was very surprised to see that because as I said, I know that's, I know that was not the rule in the past because, um, I had a, a daughter who won, um, a premier youth award at the national show. And when I look at her pictures where she's getting her award from, um, the judges, she has our herd logo on her t-shirt. So I know that this is a new rule. Um, I was kind of surprised to see it. I'm sure that there's a, reason behind it and maybe somebody from the national show youth committee would love to reach out to us and kind of let us know the thoughts behind that but i kind of agree i know that my daughter um you know she's bred these animals but they are under our herd name and she's very proud of the fact that she's bred some beautiful animals with our herds with with our herd name on them so i i'm not sure why that's a rule but i just want to throw that out there that is a rule this year hmm well you know, let's see if, if Cameron and Laura's uh, getting fired up about things can get things changed. <laughs> um, as as a devoted Birkenstock wearer, <laughs> I also want to point out, you have to wear closed-toe shoes. So uh, those of us that are older than dirt and were around in the 80s when people showed their goats wearing Birkenstock stand- sandals all the time, that's not going to fly anymore. You can't do that. I, I love Crocs. I you know, I, I'll say it a hundred times. I love Crocs. They are the most versatile farm shoe you can have. Um, but you're not supposed to wear them in the show ring per that rule. I, I do know that people have in the past though. Call them crazy. <laughs> well, I think it depends on the Crocs that you've got. If you've got them with closed toes, they're probably fine. It depends if you put them in four wheel drive or in two wheel. There you go. That's right. That's right. Um, you need something to fasten your number on your back or on your belt or waistband. Um, in the past, they've had vendors at the national show that have done that, but I do know Caprine supply is not 
planning to be at the national show this year. So for those of us that are used to using them as a great shopping trip and picking up little things that maybe you didn't want to pay for shipping for before, um, that's not an option this year. So you might be thinking ahead of time, how are you going to put that? How are you going to put that number on your shirt or on your belt? Um, a cheapo idea, great big safety pins work just fine. Yep, I agree on that. Just or the like the um not the paper clips, but like the the really big um what's it called? The oh, really the document clips. Yeah, the document clips. Yeah. Yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. Those work those work well. That's uh, that's generally what we use as well. Um so yes, yeah, so those must be safely on there. Um also as well, no shorts, hats, sunglasses, open-toed shoes. Again, ridiculous. No Crocs or, or um, Birkenstocks. Um, capri, no Capri pants. What? Cameron, what are you going to do? I, I, I have to go buy some more white pants, so don't remind me. <laughs> uh, spaghetti um, straps or midriff tops, tank tops, or see-through tops as well. Um, yes. Yeah, just... Keep it classy, folks. Keep it classy. If it's something, if it's something that you'd be embarrassed for your grandma to see you wear, and probably don't want to wear it in the show ring. Yeah, absolutely. There. Reminder as well. Here, we're just kind of going through some general things here, um, and I remember this vividly from my first couple national shows because um, the national show announcer would get on the, the the horn there and say, "All milk withdrawn in the show ring must be in the stainless steel milk buckets." Right. I remember that um, vividly. You know, it's not very often anymore. Do they make you, they don't have you milk your does out in the ring anymore. Do they? Um, from like best utter. Yes, they do. Yep. Do they? Yep. They okay. require you so to. You okay. So if you think you have something that's con- a contingent for that, make sure you have something better than a plastic ice cream bucket with manure crusted on the bottom of it because again this is live this is going to be live streamed and people are going to see what you're doing and and you know frankly it's not very graceful to squat squat on the ground and milk a goat anyway but to do it in something other than stainless steel is not allowed it just looks nice to have it into a metal bucket yep one thing as well, and I know this isn't on our list, but I'm going to go off on a tangent here because it's important. Um, again, we talked about getting your handlers lined up. If your handlers do well, reward them. Um, you know, I know in dogs, for example, if the owners get or if the, the handler gets like grand or something or best in show, they get a prize. So I've told the kid that is going to be showing for me that is he I, I pay for first. I will pay him more for first place. Awesome. I said, if you, if you, if you get a first place, I will pay you. And if you get a grand champion, I will pay you more like that. Like that is the thing. And, and remember these handlers, if you want to get really good handlers, feel free to incentivize them as well. Also shout out to Marge kitchen for asking me to show a goat at the national show. She said that I, that I really needed to do it. So Marge, the answer is yes. I will show your Nigerian dwarf for you. Yay! That's awesome, Cameron. Good for you. Yes. So I, I wanted to make that apparent on the podcast. Very cool. That's fine. Um, one thing, and not to bring up controversy again, but I'm going to throw this out here because it is in the rules. 
use of leads, and this is a quote, no leads are allowed to be used in the national, in, in the show ring at the national show. So if you like to use a lead to show your animals, and, and I see this happen most often, of course, in the Nigerian dwarf breed, that's not allowed at a national show. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's kind of sad um, because as a, I mean, I'm a judge and I don't see a problem with it whatsoever. Um, again, there's less control, but that's your prerogative as an exhibitor to whatever you have, to whatever is going on there. So not really my, it's my two cents that I think it's a dumb rule. Um, I understand the theory behind it, but I, I think it's, it's inhibiting some exhibitors from showing their goats. Right. I agree. Now it, it also just says if you have a disability that's handled a little bit differently. So if, you know, if you have a, a reason that you need to use a lead, um, I guess you just take that up with the national show committee and say, Hey, I have to do this. I, I don't know what the venue is for that, but. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure either. Yeah. So anything else about the nitty gritty camera that you can think of that we've forgotten just in general? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of going through my prep work here. Um, wash your goats before they're shown. Um, please do that. Very important there. I think it's, it's a national show. So I think if you're on a larger scale, feel free to wash them there. Um, we don't wash our goats generally for club shows or anything, um, but we wash them before the national show and then bigger shows as well. So that's important. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, we don't always wash our Alpines. The Sonnens, I swear, look for mud or poop or green something to lay in, and they always get washed at the show. Yes. Yep. So know your breed. Yep, know, know your breed on that. The, diff the difference between a dirty goat and a clean goat when you feel them, you know, and feel their hair and feel their skin and so forth, that's a huge difference. And Cameron, something that we haven't touched on, but that kind of popped into my mind. Can we talk about clipping for national show yeah, a little bit? Absolutely. So absolutely. what, what is kind of your thought process behind that? When, yeah. when to clip, do you wait and clip until you get there? Do you, what, how do you handle that? We'll start clipping again, because we show, I mean, we'll sh start showing on um, Sunday. So we will show, we will clip all of our black does seven to 10 days before the national show, seven to 10 days before they would be shown in the national show because they need more time to grow their hair out. So, and really look good per se, if that makes sense. So seven to 10 what blade do you use? Uh, we'll use the big, um, the Lister stars on the bodies and then the tents, just, just a normal clip, okay. but we will get a little bit more granular, a little bit more detailed than normal clips. We'll really do the legs up really well, the inside of the legs, because when you're mass clipping a bunch of them, you generally tend to maybe not be as detailed on the inside of the legs as some of the other ones. Okay. And so that's right. what we'll do there. And then we'll work down the mature, then we'll work down the mature list after that. And then we will, um, uh, do the kids and we'll do the kids starting with the black ones first. And then we'll again, let them grow out and then we'll work it down just like normal. So you don't, your, your goal is not to, sh not to clip once you get to the national show. I don't show. want to clip at the national not show. Body clips. I don't want to, mm -hmm. I don't want a body clip at the national show. Um, one again, takes time away. Cause there's other stuff that, that my, I may be doing. So for example, Catherine and I, and my dad, we're all volunteering at the national show. So our Saturday more our Saturday in the morning, Catherine and I are doing vet check and my dad is doing check-in. 
And then I, then we're taking a break and then we're going back to vet check. Catherine and I are, and my dad is going back to check in after we milk our goats out. So ARC and Saturday is completely blocked off. Yeah. So you don't want to be worried about, oh my gosh, I haven't gotten this goat clipped and now I'm going to have to do a quick hurry up job. And yep. yeah, I, so I, I yep. think if you can get all your goats clipped before you get there, based on when they're going to show, I think that's ideal. Okay. What about you? Sounds, sounds, yeah, that's exactly what we were planning. And of course, you know, we're only taking Alpines. Alpines show um, Monday afternoon and Tuesday. So uh, my solid black doe, I'll make sure that she's clipped a good week beforehand and then kind of move from there. So yep. um, considering the fact that my whole herd, except for her, are Chamoise and one Kublanc, uh It's called Maple <laughs> You've got a little Wind. more time to clip. It's called Maple Wind Chamoise if you haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I can't get anything other than shameless <laughs> Which, it's fine. It's fine. Yep. It's consistent, I guess. So, Laura, <laughs> when do you do... Okay, first off, do you do escutcheons? On kids? Yeah. Okay, Android yeah. yearlings? Yes, if I had any. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then when do you do those? Um, You know, I'll... I'll do those maybe at the show, just kind of like when I do udders, mm -hmm. I'll, and I'll then, bring them in. And then a, that grows pretty fast. And then a 40 and a 50 uh, goes, or a 40 yes. or a 50. Yes. Either Both? one. Okay. 40, 40 usually on the scutcheons, 50s on the udders. Okay. And then we'll razor, we'll use a razor on the udders also. Okay. And then do you razor the four udder, just the rear udder? Four, just the rear udder. Okay. Do what okay. do you do? We'll do, we do, we do a four udder actually. I've never done that. So I might come take a peek and see how you do that. It's not much different. I will say, um, I really like the, cause I think about a forerunner and it's very strange. And I was kind of talking to Catherine about this last week at the goat show is I envision the forerunner kind of like a V descending down. Like it, it's an angle. It's kind of an angle. Like you're kind of making that forerunner yes. a V shape when you're razoring and you're forwarding there. It's really unique. And it's something that my dad, um, taught me who he learned from Brian Heiser, actually. Very cool. So, yes. Um, one thing I, go ahead. One thing on on four udders. I don't think there's anybody that can't that wouldn't argue that you'll see a lot of creativity in how people clip four udders at national shows. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. Everything from just framing the udder and that's it to almost up to the brisket. Sometimes you'll see animals <laughs> that are shaved that, that far. So, yeah. you know, um, know what you're doing. It can look really great when you do a super job on four udders and it can look really stupid when you do a poor job uh -huh. on it. Uh -huh. One thing I will say about whatever you do, make sure you're consistent at it. That if you, if you are going to shave, one goat, make sure you shave all of your goats. If you're going to sketch it one goat's 40, you better sketch it every goat's 40. Um, to me, you want consistency and preparation of animals. I know it takes longer to do that, but to me, you are representing your herd on a national stage. You want consistency across that herd. So whether you're in second place in a class or 13th place in a class, you never want to be 13th or eighth, by the way, but, um, uh, <laughs> um, no, but, I, go ahead. Eighth because of the brown ribbon. Yes, eighth because of the brown ribbon and thirteenth because because you're right out of the ribbons. Um, <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter what what place you think the goat is. I think it's about being consistent and showing that hey, I put my best 
foot forward in terms of all of my goats, whether they were a national champion or whether they didn't make the cut. Right. You want, you want them to have a consistent presentation that you're proud to say this, this is a Kickapoo Valley goat or this or is a Maple, Maple Wind goat. goat. Or, yep. yep. Right. Yeah. I think that's, sure. I think that's really important. So do you do the escutcheons the day of, or the day before? Usually the day before, because yeah. they're, they're not going to grow out that much. And, and the day of, honestly, I'm usually so stinking nervous as I'm getting there, you know, because what if they scour? What mm. if they do this? You know, what if I have this problem? It, I, I'm kind of a nervous wreck, so I would rather not do it that morning. Can I, can I tell you something? Can I give you a hint to take the edge off? Yes. We'll, we'll get together before the Alpine Junior Show, and we'll just sit down and we'll have a drink. <laughs> that'll work (laughs) i am serious like there was a it was in pennsylvania they had didn't have the books printed yet for the alpines and me and my dad were just like pacing and all of a sudden i just look over he's in the cooler and he's got a drink he's like and i'm like i think i'm gonna have one and we both had one and we're like okay this kind of took the edge off (laughs) that's a great idea (laughs) and you know alpines show in the afternoon so it's it's legal you can get them well i mean you can do it in the morning too but i mean that's frowned upon but um Um, you know jumping back jumping back to grooming and preparation i was as i was milking my does this morning i noticed that i've got some does that need their feet trimmed again yeah and i am notorious for even though in my head I'm saying, I'm just taking a little bit off. I'm just taking a little bit off. I will nick them and then they'll limp for the next four days. And then it's miserable. And my girls are yelling at me and I'm yelling at me and, and it's awful. So when do you do that really good hoof trim in preparation for nationals? We'll do it. Well, it depends. So if the goat's foot is a little different. So I have one that I'm thinking about my three-year-old. Um, she's kind of got some weird funkiness kind of inside the hoof that's going on that it kind of juts out and makes it look a little weird. So we'll start working on kind of grinding that down a little bit, a little bit, a little bit within the next couple of weeks. We'll do that really good hoof trimming when we clip them. And then we'll do light touch-ups at the national show. Okay. All right. Cause I was thinking, you know, this afternoon it's kind of gray and rainy here. I might, work on some of the hooves that maybe are a little bit more challenging to do, but probably will not do any hoof trimming closer than a week out. Yeah, I agree on that. I think, um, don't, don't push it too close. Catherine just reminds me of when, you know, nicking animals is bad. Um, she's saying that just don't get too aggressive with it. I tend to get a little aggressive when I hoof trim. Yeah, me too. Bad, bad, bad thing to do. Yes. Um, so camping, do you ever, have you ever camped or have you ever had, you don't have, um, like quarters in your trailer, correct? No. So my camping is sleeping next to my gals in the barn and praying they make milk and, and crying a little bit. Right. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. So there are dry lots though available and, you know, make sure you get that arranged ahead of time. Don't think that you're going to show up and say, Oh, by the way, I want a camping spot because you're not, it's, Mm -hmm. that doesn't work. Yeah, remember that as well. Um, and then like, kind of some of the miscellaneous things that we turned up here. Do They do encourage you to decorate your pens. I do educate or um, recommend that you create some type of educational exhibits. If you're interested, there is a herdsman award as well that kind of goes along with that as well. So, But if draping is part of your decoration, you can only cover one side and it must be flame retardant. 
Right. And, and unfortunately you can't bring enough drapes or coverings or whatever curtains, whatever you want to call them to make a nice little dressing area for yourself. Can't do it. Um, that's just that they just don't allow it. So yep. Yep. even though some shows I've seen that happen, this one isn't one. So if you have kids and you're thinking, what am I going to do to like human kids? <laughs> and you're thinking, what am I going to do to keep them occupied and having fun at the national show? In your head, you may think that a bicycle or a skateboard or a hoverboard or roller skates or things like that would be fun. They're a no-no at this show. Don't bring them. Not only does it drive the goats crazy and um, other exhibitors crazy, it's just not allowed. So you can't even use them outside at the facility. Yeah. Um, don't forget you're not, you're, you are not allowed to take your goats out in the grass. I, I don't remember this rule, but I mean, it makes sense. Right. You can't. Even if you have a group of kids that you think might benefit from some time running around, these are four-legged kids this time. You're not allowed to do that. You can't take your goats out to graze. Yeah. Yeah. No tie-outs. It's just not allowed. Thinking about this, I like to, after I wash my kids, I like to go, like, let them walk in the sun, bask in the sunlight um, to kind of dry them off before they go back into that facility. So I like to do that as well, um, just because it warms them up a little bit. It does. And it gives them a little bit of time to stretch their legs. You, you probably know this, but I want to tell you something. If you have one of those, those tie out chains, you know, that has a bunch of little clips that you could put a bunch of goats on it at once. Mm-hmm. And you think that's a great idea to move a bunch of kids. It only works. If you have two people, don't try to do that by yourself. Ask me how I've learned that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Not it's yeah. not fun. It's, it's not not, no. not smart. Yep. So yeah, no. I, 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 I if you're gonna if you're gonna take them out for a sun bath, um, make sure that they're on a chain and they're in like in the concreted area. Yeah. Right. Don't take them on the grass. So um, I think I'm looking here. I'm looking at our notes here. It's sometimes cold in that facility. I will say that that is right. It is cold. Yeah, I am a big so- fan of the long sleeve t-shirts at that facility. Yes. Or a hoodie or, you know, a little fleece blanket or something for yourself. Um, but if you're going to sit and, and park in a chair and read a book or something, you're probably going to get cold. So, you know, just, just remember it might be 200 degrees at home, but it's climate controlled in there and the climate is Alaska. So you're going to want something to keep yourself warm. Yeah. Also don't forget if, if you think it's going to be too cold for the goats, your goats there, bring some goat coats as well. Um, you know, sometimes they do get cold after their baths as well. So just something to consider. Cameron had mentioned, um, taking, um, wooden panels to the show and those are great for using for feeders. Uh, we use them to divide. We have some and we use them to divide up in my trailer so that we can make some smaller pins in my trailer. Um, this is not a show, however, that you can use those panels to extend your pins out into the aisles. Some shows you're allowed to do that. This is not one that you can. So um, don't think that you're able to do that. You also can't bring those really cool pop-up canopies if you're thinking that you want to bring that to make like a little covered area for sleeping. They don't allow those in the barn either. Mm-hmm. Yes, here as well. I asked Catherine what I'm missing um, from this pot from this episode and show collars. I think the show collars need to be appropriate in length um, and to make sure that there are have some type of 
niceness to them, would you say? Just a, a little a little more fancy than you would have uh, your regular cloth collars. Right. A, a fine chain that really shows off that femininity of your, of your dairy goat's neck and looks good on her. That's, that's just really classy looking. Yeah. Also feel free if you want to get really bougie color coordinate, either a gold or a silver to the type of like color. So I think some goats look better in silver. I think some of them look better in gold. I know crazy, but that's if you want to get a little, a little bougie. You know what, Cameron, that cracks me up that you mentioned that because my daughters were just talking about that the other day. Um, I went to a, an animal supply store and they had these really pretty gold serpentine chains on sale. They were normally $18 and they had them for eight. Oh, wow. So I bought three of them and they're bright gold. And so they were contemplating, now, does this look better on a black goat or does gold look better on the chamois that we have? And then we use silver on the black. So I think that they're, you know, I think, I think that that is a consideration to make a very small one in the big scheme of things, but you're not the only one who thinks that way. But I think going back to it here, minute details can make the difference at a national show. Uh, when I think about minute details, I think about how before the show starts, I like to get up in the morning and I like to go through everybody's utter. Again, I'm thinking about back to trimming those udders and make sure and re-razor that, that, that um, rear udder arch to really make sure it's popping. It's, it's making sure all the angles are there. Make sure there's a circle there. I'm making sure that's a full 100 and whatever. How many degrees is a circle? 360 degrees. Right. Yeah. Make it look good. I think, I think little details are so important at a national show if you want to you know, really show your animal to the best advantage. Is it going to make the difference in a placing? It might. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Is it going to make the difference in your personal confidence level or at the very least make you proud of what you're taking out there? Absolutely. And that's the most important thing. You know, be proud of these animals that frankly, all of us, no matter what level you're on, no matter what size of herd that you have, you put a lot of time and effort and money and love and hard work into your herd, make sure that you're doing everything that you can to show that herd off. Yeah. I think that's a great way to end the podcast. Don't you, Laura? I do, except okay. that leads that leads into the last point that you put on our, oh, yeah. on our list of I did. about being proud of your herd. So yes. I want you to touch on this. Yes. I want everyone before they go to nationals, if you're listening if you're listening to this podcast is to update your freaking website. Like to me, that is so important because if I'm walking around the barn and I see, uh, you know, maple wing caprine and I'm looking through your website, trying to find a specific goat that maybe I've admired, or maybe I've, maybe I wanted to see more of or see in person and she's not there on your website. I, or she, maybe she's, she's there on your website, but she's not there or, or something like that. I think having your website up today is really important going to the national show. And I think it just helps one identify what goats might be there in your herd and or, or a herd. And two, it shows off, Hey, you know, I know I want to specifically target. I want to go see Maple Wind Caprine. I want to go see Kickapoo Valley and I want to go see Taylor Ridge farms. Those are the goats that I want to see when I'm there. And I want to ask about, I want to ask about X goat. I want to ask about Y goat. And I want to ask about Z goat. So you can really have these granular conversations with breeders while there 
in order to find out the most information. Maybe you want to buy a butt kid. Maybe you want to get a doe kid reservation or something. Maybe you just want to find out more. Um, you know, to me, updating your website is really important. Yes, I think that's, and I think that's a great way to end this podcast, Cameron. Update your website. So, update your website. I, I, oops, I guess I need to get busy on that. Me too. <laughs> Me too. So, All right. great discussion. As always, Laura, thanks for doing this. Well, it's been a pleasure this week, and um, we are so excited about seeing all of you at the national show. Uh, we're working on some fun things. I really would like to be able to do some ringside interviews. And I think we've kind of got an idea worked out on that. So um, maybe we can do some little updates throughout the week of what's going on at yeah. nationals. But regardless, we promise to do a good coverage. Um, I'm going to put a plug out for something that we're working on for the next couple of episodes. Have you ever wanted to sit back and really pick the minds of people who delve into the AGDA scorecard every day and um, what is really meant by phrases such as um, long and lean, long and lean or um, smoothly blended or different parts of the scorecard that um, you, you might want a little more education. And so uh, Cameron and I, along with some well-known national judges and appraisers, are going to take a good deep dive into the ADGA scorecard. We're very excited for that, and we have some friends that will come on and talk about that as well. Um, as always, thank you for listening. If you like us, tell a friend. If you don't like us, please don't tell a friend. Um, <laughs> Just, but tell us what you don't yeah, like, so yeah. maybe we can improve. We always want to, we always want to do a better job. You can find us on Facebook under Goat Gab. Yes, find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Um, and as always, feel free to engage with us. Um, we're always showing out and about. If you find us at the national show, we would love nothing more to say for you to say, "Hey, I really like it," or "Hey, I have an idea for an episode." So be thinking about that, and we're looking forward to meet, hopefully, meeting some people at the shows we're going to and the national show. Absolutely. So have a great week, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us.